beautiful thing. Art is this medium in which it gets us to the parts of our lives that are beyond the conscious mind, like, or beyond words. Just sticking with poetry, you start to like layer words on top of each other and metaphors. And sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. It just flows out of you. And then you have to look back at it and be like, okay, what did I even express? What does this even mean? And over time, you can read a poem that you've written and it can mean a lot of different things. You know, each time you read it, it can mean something new to you. You can pull different parts out of it, even from something you wrote yourself. And I think that's because poetry gets us as close as we can get using language to the to all the places beyond words. I don't know. I just imagine you being in some form of like beautiful gallery full of platoons. <laughs> like 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 a like an art gallery or some sort of like with pictures of platoons on the wall or something framed really immaculately <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I think about for some reason it abstracts and makes me think of a bunch of posts sticking out of the ocean just where they shouldn't be like there's no ground in the bottom they're just in the middle of the ocean and there's just thousands of posts poking up out of everything and that's the gallery it's like out it's outside and it is impossible and it just exists and then that's where we are that's where i am i, I am the gallery of platoons right now <laughs> <laughs> that's a really nice picture thank you for sharing i look forward every week to seeing the names that you you bring to the conversation <laughs> I'm glad someone's looking forward to it at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they're in the video, are they? No one knows what we're talking about. Except they can't us. see it, but we're, we talk about it. So, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Anyway, I think that kind of is in line with the theme of today's podcast episode or conversation around poetry, poetic ways of thinking, being, and living. Um, I've been spending hours on godly amounts of hours creating a video <laughs> about how to write poetry and i'm very excited to share it with the world if you're listening to this it's already out so uh go to our youtube channel um if you're already listening on youtube great uh we'll link it in the description at lifeform labs if anybody was wondering yes, at lifeform labs mm -hmm. um but it's a, a, a beautiful um video that walks through the process of how to write poetry particularly for a better understanding who you are, the world around you, and making sense of like the most potent experiences in life, the traumas, hardships, growth, like, and also the beautiful moments and whatever that means for you. Um, but like, it, it's a beautiful journey. And I think this conversation today will mirror in a lot of ways. Um, but I'm particularly interested in exploring more so the broader implications of poetry um i've been reviewing a lot for myself and what poetry has meant to me but i think poetry has meant a lot of things to a lot of people it's for everyone and i want to like share how poetry has really bloomed into this beautiful thing that used to be like super rigid in times of past to like over the centuries has really turned into something that's really self-expressive and authentic vulnerable in a lot of ways so i did a lot of research and pulled some poets from the the cab that cabinetry and just like polished them off and 
have some poems to read for people from like great, great poets of you know the past that inspired me um and things like that i think you brought some beautiful poet poetic uh examples as well for to share with everybody so i think that's what we're going to do we're just going to go through the history of poetry um in this vein do you have anything else that you want to add to the conversation before i jump in yeah well we're all poets that was the one thing i wanted to say before we got started we're yes. just showcasing poetry but everyone's a poet and also interestingly there is a modern psychologist who breaks down the four personality types and one of them is poet and the poet is usually more sad or in a dark place more often than in a lighter mood in a, a brighter place so it's like at the tail end of what you could consider the happiness spectrum if you want to call it that out of all the personality types but also the most artistic and i thought that was very interesting to just mention before we get started but yeah let's let's do it yeah that's beautiful thank you okay so i want to start i'm going back there's there are various poems throughout the ages uh especially ones that are really really long <laughs> Um, I wanted to start my journey with uh, a really prominent figure in arts generally, um, which is Shakespeare and so William Shakespeare and Sonnet 18. If you have not heard this poem before, you are living in a box probably like you've, you've had to hear this poem before. So maybe it's a, so. So I just want to read it. And uh, here we go. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's leaf hath all too short a date. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, and often is his gold complexion dimmed. And every fair from fair sometime declines, by chance or nature's changing course untrimmed. By thy eternal summer shall not fade, nor lose possession of thou, thou fair thou oust. Nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade. When an eternal winds to time thou growest, so as long as men can breathe, their eyes can see. So long lives this, and this gives life to thee. So Shakespeare's Shall I Compare Thee to a Summer's Day poem. Have you heard this? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just making sure. <laughs> what did you think about it? How did it make you feel? I always just get pulled back to summer days in Utah, like as a teenager, there was a specific time of life when I discovered this poem. And also when I was laying out in the sun almost every day after school, just come home, lay in my front yard and then wait for about an hour. And then all my friends would just start showing up at my house. Cause that was where we would hang out, maybe do some sidewalk chalk outside and like do some art, take some pictures, play some music, whatever. It was like the prep to that okay. was, this moment in time that was just me and the sun and the yard and the day like encapsulated in that moment in that one hour and this poem usually brings me back to that for whatever reason that's what mm -hmm. i think of what about you yeah that's really pretty i i remember moments i does bring me back to a summer's day but it pulls me back to moments of like being on the ocean and just growing up in florida uh, mm -hmm. being on a boat, uh, rocking back and forth over the ocean waves and just seeing sunlight spatter, you know, across. Cool. And it's, I think, a beautiful 
image that comes to mind, but if I'm, but I don't know if I like fully connect with it, mostly just because of like, I think old English barrier, just because of how it's saying things. And so I don't fully grasp what it's what? exactly trying to you mean speak that personally. <laughs> no, I don't speak old English. <laughs> Uh, it was such a, it was like, uh, I don't know what's a, it's something that's really difficult. Like just trying to climb through mud and uh, mm. just like fighting for every inch when I was going through like literature class in, mm. you know, fifth, sixth grade and like starting to read some of this for the first time. I never, I, I liked reading things that spoke like I speak. And so it felt like really, really inaccessible to me does really... that come up yeah <laughs> you make me you making me think i must be very a very arrogant person because i always thought like i totally get what this guy's talking about every time i read any, <laughs> any shakespeare <laughs> oh my goodness i have no that's, idea if i'm this interesting yeah interesting so have you read a lot of like old english literature only in courses in college and high school which yeah. I had quite a few, but it's been some years now, so I, I couldn't... It's not fresh on my mind, I guess, is what I would say. But I did right. spend time with it at a, at a point, yeah. I think everybody has to get exposed to it to some degree or another, especially if you're, like, going into a public education system, especially, like, in the U.S. or any, like, modern country. Um, you're going to get exposed to these ideas and really old, timeless classics. And I think they are beautiful just to hear to listen to, but I do struggle to relate to them in certain ways because it's not, um, it just it doesn't speak the way I speak. And that happens with everything. I think every like form of art to some degree or another, like things become dated and it makes it harder to relate for the newest generation of people. And so- <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I was just thinking in my mind, like maybe I'm closer to Shakespeare than I am to Gen Z. Maybe something's wrong <laughs> with millennials. We we must be growing like really old beards. And you guys, you the new kids are actually the ones that are bringing it all in. We, we feel young, but maybe we're old and in, in mind. But, but I it could. I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is I, I actually do think that in school, at least everyone has a different experience in different locations. But when I went to school in Utah. Like we learned cursive, we studied old old English and read old poems and old plays all the time. And we were not just exposed to it. It was like the curriculum. And I right. feel like that was part of my mind's growth and generation. And it was intertwined in my understanding of reality. And so maybe that's why I feel that it's not so alien or foreign to me and maybe and I mean, did you, how did you feel about that in school and then your education? Yeah, that's really interesting to me because I got exposed to it pretty extensively. I did learn how to write cursive in school. They don't teach that anymore. I'm pretty sure they don't teach that anymore. They, but, they do, but not in the same way. And it's not as mandatory, but. Right. I think it fluctuates yeah. from state to state and so forth. But mm -hmm. um, for me, it just felt boring. I didn't. I didn't like reading, reading things that didn't. Like, I could do it. I. I would say I'm a pretty strong reader, and writer. But why make it harder than it has to be? Just like, just. But that, I think. I think the point of. I think the point of written work, and 
if, 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 if communication in general is to communicate. And so, uh, like, but we're we're losing like so much of the backlog, <laughs> the importance of history. Like, you you need to be able to parse that. You need to be able to understand those concepts, or else we're just. I, mean, going I do, I do, I do, I fully no. do. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I, I'm going back in and on that. Not talking yes, about you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think it is super important. It's a good point to make, but I would say as time goes on, cha- you know, language changes and we have to like try harder to go back and understand. It takes longer. It's more mental effort and you're not exposed to that type of English, um, you know, day in and day out. And so I think it becomes more unaccessible as time moves on, which I think is super unfortunate. The other thing about this poem, I think, is it's just comes off as super formal to me. So it has like a proper like rhyme scheme. You kind of know what's going to happen next. There's no like surprising twists and turns in it. It's beautiful, but it's very meticulously crafted and very, I would say, it tries to be- become as perfect, um, at least to me. Again, Poetry, art itself, is very um, subjective. But how, I'm curious if you get a similar vibe from how it comes off. Well, before I answer that, I do want to say that you could say make the same argument about current cultures and like looking at hip hop and rap lyrics, which I listen to all day to prep for this because I feel like that's where the poetry lives in the modern age. Um, and if you don't listen to it and you don't expose yourself to other cultural ways of using language you will think they're just as foreign as old english and then you'll think that there's only this other one way to communicate and understand but i i'm just super super gonna hit the point i'll have my whole life that language is the most fluid thing in existence and we're constantly shifting and changing and using it how we want to and i think slang is the real use of of language not the oxford dictionary (laughs) So I just wanted to preface that. I what agree. do you think about that? I agree. <laughs> okay. I, I think I'm looking forward to hearing some beautiful rap lyrics that you're, you're coming with. <laughs> some Drake drama. I agree. I, I agree. Um, you need to be exposing yourself to new ideas and new ways of communication. It makes you a better communicator. At the end of the day, communication is a two-way street, and it's important that you can communicate in as many diverse ways as possible. So exposing yourself to new forms of communication is super important. And it also allows you to become just, it allows you to like pull in different parts and pieces of different ways of communication and like make something of your own. And that's ultimately what language is and how it evolves over time. So you can't, you shouldn't ignore things that you don't understand. And that's hard to access in the moment. Um, But at the same time, I do think it can be, there is a barrier to entry and therefore I think it makes itself less accessible when, when we think about what most people are spending their time doing it's like it's very it's just like by human nature we want to do the things that are comfortable to us that don't bring discomfort that don't have to stretch us in that way um so yeah it's like finding the balance and like making it a point to be exposed to it um even though it's very difficult so going back to here does this feel to you like super formal does it feel um polished in in a certain way compared to like the lyrics of like rap for example hmm. i don't know if polished is even a word i would 
consider using. I think interesting. Again, like the narrative that I believe in is more that it's just about your personal understanding of the words. What what abstract ideas do they put in your mind? There's no like right or wrong. There's no proper way to communicate. There is only an understanding from your cultural perspective versus another person's. So something that can be expressed in Japanese, we would never understand. Well, I would understand some of it, but I still wouldn't understand it to the same depth as somebody else who's Japanese and has lived in Japan their whole life and maybe studied uh, different things. I speak Japanese and I would understand some level of it. You would not understand it at all, but even if it was translated, like we're going to lose so much of the granularity. My point is, if <laughs> if we have like a a very raw vague abstract way of expressing something through maybe through lyrics in a rap song versus an old english poem versus like proper prose that has just been given to us from a modern day poet who has perfect english and every sentence fit, fits the grammatical structures as it should like i don't think any of them are more would necessarily could be considered more polished or not outside of mm. A context like there's always who's i mean listening subjectively to, to you so yeah who yeah, you exactly. as you listening to it mm -hmm. right yeah but yeah. it's a good point to make so that your answer is very subjective yeah cool should we read another poem sorry i'm like i'm i've kind of drove us all over the place i got a little off, <laughs> off topic but <laughs> no you're fine uh i guess i what i wanted to showcase is that um right like we have this older english and we're now we're going to like jump into some rap here in a minute and share some of that. I'm looking forward to it. But there was like this whole swath of history in centuries that led us like to that point. And what you see over time is that poems themselves just become a bit more self-expressive. So while that poem is um, maybe inaccessible to some people, uh, over time, what happens is it goes from like just talking about, let's say, like a summer's day, and it does hit, touch on more in-depth topics than that, but it gets into the realm of a, like looking inwards as opposed to looking outwards. And I think that is, it becomes a little bit more contemplative in nature, and that's the spark in the history of poetry that I think is like, we're pushed in the direction that I really resonated with because I see poetry as this medium that allows us to connect deeper to ourselves and to other people in the world around us. And so the deeper we can go at a cultural level, I think the more intertwined and connected we can all become and the stronger our relationships and bonds can be. So I was like, I'm really thankful for like the main major pivot from like this very, in my opinion, how it came off to me as in this very polished form of poetry into something that I could resonate a bit more with. And so I would say this is still like pretty polished, so to speak. Um, it's a little bit less accessible comparative to like current English of the day, um, but it's it's getting us there. So this is by Walt Whitman, um, who's often considered like the precursor to a lot of mo modern poetry. And mm -hmm. he wrote this very famous collection of poems, Leaves of Grass. Um, and one of them is called Oh Me, Oh Life. I think it starts to lean into the concept of free verse, which is my favorite form of poetry. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and read it now. O me, O life, of the questions of these recurring, of the endless trains of the faithless, of cities filled 
with the foolish, of myself forever reproaching myself, for who more foolish than I and who more faithless, of eyes that vainly crave the light, of the objects mean, of the struggle ever renewed, of the poor results of all, of the plodding and sordid crowds I see around me, of the empty and useless years of the rest, with the rest me intertwined. The question, O oh me, so sad recurring, what good amid these, O oh me, O oh life? Answer, that you are here, that life exists in identity, that the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. Yeah. yeah, there's some nice notes in that of your insignificance, but also your part in the fungal network of humanity. <laughs> if I can say <laughs> the fungal network, <laughs> mycelium. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I really, really like it because it again it goes into that more contemplative nature. It gives it gets a little bit more existential. It opens the doors to those types of ideologies and expression through poetry more culturally. <laughs> um, this is a really famous poem, um, but I also like that it kind of. It, you're not seeing the punctuation, but it ends with a question like it's oh me, oh life question mark. Mm-hmm. I like when poetry ends in questions because it, it starts a conversation. It's more like a conversation and it's like they're questioning for themselves, but they're also giving it to the reader to that, you know, ask like, can they answer it or something along those lines? It just it allows it to be a little bit more open as a poet and it allows people to relate to it a bit more when you question things within the poem itself in my opinion so i don't know i really like it even though it still borrows a lot of old english the way it's structured and so forth i do like just the topic and themes that it starts to hit on so i can see like how women in my eyes is like that pivotal point through like a collection of leaves of grass um to like get us into like some more of the modern poetry of the day yeah nice that was a very good summation I yes. agree. <laughs> and and then very like like a little bit later than that we had um I guess like kind of around the same time was Emily Dickinson depending on the poem and the one when she released it but um I know you have I don't know if you want to brought any thoughts to the table around Emily Dickinson. Yeah, can Maybe I jump you did. in here with, yeah. with some Emily Dickinson because she's she became my favorite poet from that era and I know that you haven't watched the Apple TV series, but it like really solidified a lot of the the good feelings I had about. Tell her. me a little bit about it because I do want to listen, watch it, and I'm sure people listening would also be interested. Yeah, it's so it's called Dickinson, and it is a loosely accurate depiction of her life through the period of when she was writing most of her poetry, and. It goes through a lot of the events. There's also the the Civil War and other things going on while while all this is happening. But it's like you're embodying her inside of what you would know as how life is lived in the modern age. Because, of course, we think of history as this very whimsical moment that was super yeah. different. But, of course... Like if you live day to day, I'm I'm 100% positive you would feel very similar to how we feel now. When they were there, everybody was human back then, and it brings a lot of that everyday life element to her life. And then events happen, and suddenly you're just thrown into her inspirational prose, and she's just 
writing in real time and there's like words flowing on the screen and just imagery and you really feel the poem coming together and my favorite poem of hers they did in such a beautiful way they gave death a character and death is played by an actual actor and he like picks her up inside of his carriage and then they have these conversations when she's almost like lucid in her in her dreams you don't really know what's happening if it's happening or not but her poems are flowing through these moments wherever they exist so maybe i can read that poem if that's okay yes please do okay um so this is because i could not stop for death because i could not stop for death he kindly stopped for me the carriage held but just ourselves and immortality we slowly drove he knew no haste and i had put away my labor and my leisure too for his civility we passed the school where children strove at recess in the ring we passed the fields of gazing grain we passed the setting sun or rather he passed us the dews drew quivering and chill for only gossamer my gown my tippet my tulle we paused before a house that seemed a swelling of the ground the roof was scarcely visible the cornice in the ground since then tis centuries and yet feels shorter than the day i first surmised the horses heads were towards eternity i actually am pretty familiar with this poem by emilia kinson it's a i think a, a more popular one of hers and that's probably also why they put a lot of like brought the character of death into it seems like into the show <laughs> um thank you for reading that what I really like about this poem, and I don't know if it was intentional, but there's a particular point in it that it says, we pass the fields of grazing grain and the and, we, and, and the setting sun. Yeah. And then the, like the next line, she says, or rather he passed us. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that as someone who has dabbled in a lot of poetry is that I think it showcases the real time reframing of life events and experiences as you're writing poetry like Mm -hmm. because you'll state something and then you're like wait a minute that's actually not true (laughs) and this is actually more accurate representation of what happened and i think that happens a lot at least for me and i love that she chose to not go back and change the line that says we passed the setting sun but to leave it there and leave her correction, her reframing in the poem itself. Hmm. Yeah, I have no idea of what the intention was or not, but I like that right. thought. It's all it's all commentary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but but I do like that. I think I like this poem because it feels like you're on a journey outside of life, and you're looking back at life from somewhere else. Like you get you get to have this moment, and look within what death is by becoming death and looking at life from death's eyes, from death's perspective, I would say. And I think there is like a a moment of day and then there's immortality is like forever. And then there's like uh, architecture and things passing by. And that's really what life is, I guess it's, all of it encompassed at once. And I think she wrapped it all together into one poem, which is really hard to do. (laughs) That's what I like about it. I I agree. She paints several scenes of like 
I think kids at recess or something along those lines, like being young and like, mm -hmm. imagine if you're with death and like, you're looking to the side, passing a school with like kids playing. It's a very interesting thing because like it pulls you back to younger parts of yourself and life. And I don't know, like it, there, it, there has to, I feel distance in the poem. Like there's real dissonance there. She's very good at doing that as a poet. You, you'll see it similar threads where she just drives into the granularity and like the slightest moment. I mean, she is a master of noticing. That's, that's what she did the best. I think was not yeah. just noticing, but then describing what she noticed in a millisecond into something beautiful that just flows like a waterfall and just encapsulated by this thing she experienced that must've been so strong that you're not experiencing and the way she describes it brings it more than just to life. It's almost like you are embodying it all of a sudden. I, I, I love that. Yes, I really, really like that too. And the fact that she chose to talk about something and like take something like this on, like she is able to weave in all of those intricate details where, where choice and all of those are really potent and talk about something so broad and vast and big as the concept of death. And then the fact that she even took death head on in the first place is great too, because in is going back to that, like, I think it normalizes things a little bit. It helps people think about death differently for their, for their own lives and their own perspective and look inward a little bit deeper. And so I really like that progression of like what Emily Dickinson was able to do for the world of poetry generally um, and through that art form by touching on things that are a bit more existential, personal, life, like, like life. Uh, yeah, I guess shattering can be a word, but at least in the concept of death, but like um, just those more vivid overarching concepts, I think is really, really cool. She, <laughs> I think, and other poets like her pushing forward in time, um, like pave the way for a lot of even I would say even more vulnerable types of poetry um but more for like the modern times like going into like the last century um have you like read any poetry by Sylvia Plath or um Anna Sexton have you heard of any of these names before I know of Sylvia Plath I haven't heard of Anna before okay I, I wanted to read one from Sylvia Plath um, this is like mid to late 20th century. So um, it's called Lady Lazarus. I have done it again. One year in every 10, I manage it. A sort of walking miracle. My skin bright as a Nazi lampshade. My right foot, a paperweight. My face, a featureless fine Jew linen. Till off the napkin, oh, my enemy. Do I terrify? The nose, the eye pits, the full set of teeth. The sour breath will vanish in a day. Soon, soon the flesh, the grave, cave eight will be at home on me. And I, a smiling woman, I am only 30. And like the cat, I have nine times to die. This is number three. What a trash to annihilate each decade. Any thoughts? <laughs> I don't know. It just makes me feel conflicted to even comment because I feel that it's dangerous to comment on poems about Nazis. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I, I think what I, I wanted to bring to the table with it is she 
is confronting obviously like a very controversial topic and so um, or like bringing in themes that are really polarizing for different people in the world um, especially at the time she was writing this like mid 20th century like this is of the time stuff she wasn't afraid to like say something her thoughts and create imagery that's related to these very polarizing in like emotionally charged concepts yeah it's important that she did yeah right exactly and that's what i think poetry can do that a lot of other mediums can away like i love that she talks about in the concepts of suffering and she's i think for me when i get out of the poem is she's talking about that life always has some level of suffering in it like it always comes back around again at a certain point um and so it kind of normalizes that through a very potent um, metaphor and uh, so I wanted to bring that just as an example of like poetry starts to like go into these very um, these various topics around, you know, trauma and very like like whether it's like mental illness or physical suffering or whatever it might be like this is the start, the the branching out into these more um, sharp. Uh, it's the, the flicker vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the movement, in some way, exactly. Yeah, in yeah, and I think that's just like where it really starts to a lot of fire for a lot of like the more modern poetry that's super expressive of today. Uh, can I go ahead? Can I jump in here and read and and because I feel that I need to say, bring up this up this poem, which is actually the lyrics to a song, but it's connected to the Emily Dixon Dickinson death poem, and I feel connected to what you're saying too, but in the modern age where we live when we live right now you really don't get exposed both as an artist and to artists because there's just so many things competing for our attention and our resources but this is one of my absolute favorite pieces ever and it really changed me as a person and stuck with me it came out when i was around 18 or 19 and Uh, So this is a song by The Chariot called Love, but you'll see that it goes in kind of a different direction. So, victim, my friend, get out, dancing and shaking, and most of all, electric, lights on, lights off. Everybody hit the ground. She was beautiful like cancer. She was beautiful. She helped you into the ground. Mayday, mayday, mayday. Oh, a heart-shaped enemy. Never underestimate. I helped you carry all the dead folks that we knew. You fell in love. You fell asleep. Straight into the ground, she marches on, one by one. And straight into the ground, she marches on, one by one. I opened up, I opened up the earth and let myself in. I bleed into the dirt. All in all, my friend, I am giving in. Wake up. I open up the earth and let myself fall in. I bleed into the dirt. All in all, my friend, I'm giving in. She marches on one by one. She's the wind, the setting sun, death and death. Love is lost. Straight into the ground, she's marching. Wow, lots of death. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> At least, well, maybe not. That's what I see in my mind. Hmm. There's a lot. Well, I mean, yeah, there's go. a lot of like woven things in there Wait, go go on what did what did you get from it tell me tell me first before i say anything else i just 
I don't know, like for some reason, I, I, I imagine somebody being like relentless, um, but like almost to the point of inevitably like relentlessly driving, like walking themselves into a grave. <laughs> I don't know why per se, but the depictions of like Mayday and blood and I think there's a lot of resiliency and courage intertwined through it like it in a way it expresses what I think some form of love is and how you can look at it but it's a little bit like finger on the trigger like the stakes mm -hmm. are higher it's not like super lovey-dovey it's not romanticism i don't know exactly <laughs> but it like it's just a bit harsher it, it, i don't know interesting yeah that that's not even close to what i read into it <laughs> but okay. that's nice to hear i think it's good that like this this is what poetry is all about um for me this song talks about the love and connection of mother nature and the realities of it like in the beginning he's talking about there's like dancing and there's lights and suddenly everybody hits the ground but it's like it's beautiful she helps you into the ground like this mother nature helping you through death almost like accepting it away um I helped you carry all the dead folks that we knew. You fell in love. You fell asleep. It's like these, that is kind of the moment of death. I would say is like, right. You fall in love. You're in love with life in love with others. And then you're, you're asleep suddenly. And, and it's just kind of passes into that. And like, she's marching on into the ground. And my favorite part is just, if I wish maybe I should play the song. I don't know, but there's like, so much energy in this one section when he says like i open up the earth and let myself in and just imagine the imagery of that like you're you're becoming part of the earth again with purpose and you you're not just accepting it you are like evolving into it you you are becoming one with mother nature and you rip open the earth i let myself in i bleed into the dirt all in all, my friend, I'm giving in. You're embracing, more than embracing. You are becoming death <laughs> in a beautiful yeah. way. <laughs> I would, yes, I, okay. I would say that I can see how it can be beautiful. But there is like a certain, just like a certain ruggedness, like a certain attitude. Well, this is a hardcore song. So. It's, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's 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 great imagery. I really love the imagery. Thank you for sharing. I could I I would say let's definitely link it. Um, any music that we're referencing, feel free to drop links to the songs so people yeah. can feel it a little bit more in the way it was originally presented. That'd be awesome for sure. Okay, what do you got? What's next? All right, I want to start to get into the world of modern poetry. Um, this is going to be. Um, poets that have meant a lot to me in my journey of just unearthing poetry for myself 
leaning into it, uh, what it's meant to me. And I think it's the result, the like modern bloom of like what's come in centuries past through a lot of poets that we have touched on as well as not touched on because there are a ton. Um, but for sake of time, I wanted to go ahead and jump into some of these because I think these, at least from a relational perspective because of the way they're written, they're just a bit more accessible to people because uh, it's not like old English. It's not super constrained um, into specific like rhythmic structures. It doesn't come off as so like formal in a way. And that for me is really helpful and also why I like I love music because it just feels a bit more intimate. It feels like the person that's writing is either one in some of these examples is writing directly to you or it reads more like a journal and it just feels more accessible and open because it's not trying to be something it's not um, just for like show, for example. And so I think that's where it, I started to feel really invited into the concept of writing poetry for myself. And hopefully this will inspire people listening to be like, you know, you can write poetry too. Like it's, it's for everybody. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and jump in. This is slightly different. I think it's not, super poetic in a certain sense, but I think that's great too. It's going to show some diversity in poetry and what it can really be. But this is by Young Pablo. Um, his real name is Diego Perez. Um, young Pablo means young people. And he is a pretty modern poet and he actually has been on several podcasts out there. So definitely go look him up and learn more about him. He wrote a book recently that I read last year called Lighter which is something that he wrote after um, going through a really long life journey of struggling like with drug overdoses, almost died due to a drug overdose, and then like really starting to have to like wrestle with why he ended up in that position, why he feels the way he feels, um, and start to work through that through like forms of meditation, just facing fears and anxieties, going through therapy, all of those very hard things, really things that take a long time, but coming out on the other side of that feeling like he understands himself through self-acceptance. And I think poetry and writing has been influential in his life and words are really powerful. And so he's dedicated a lot of his life to writing books as well as like interweaving poetry into those books for people to wrestle with these that have faced similar situations or whatever the situation might be to be able to like get closer to the who the person that you really are to be able to see yourself and uh, like face a lot of your anxieties and fears and ultimately feel full of love and lighter more generally um but through, through those processes the first page in the book lighter is a poem that really hit me strongly so i wanted to read it pick the path that lights you up the one you know deep down is the right choice. Stop listening to stop listening to doubt. Start connecting with courage. Do not let the idea of normal get in the way. It may not be the easy path, but you know great things take effort. Lean into your determination. Lean into your mission. Lean into the real you. So this doesn't rhyme at all. It's more reads almost like a paragraph, but structurally it's like on a lot of separate lines and it's separated it's not exact it's not framed in that way it's framed as a poem but it's 
a very direct thing about finding your way and uh, like having courage to do that and to become who you really are and living like a really authentic version of yourself. And I think that was like a beautiful way to start the book. If that resonates with you, I definitely recommend checking out the book. But I just wanted to share that because for me in my life and what I think poetry does for people is it allows them to do this, just this. It can be a great tool, similar to journaling or something else. It can be a great avenue for wrestling with the thoughts in your minds and even understanding who you are at a most authentic level and what that even looks like and to start to explore the possibilities of change and growth. So I thought there was a lot of overlaps there. So I just wanted to share that. What did, did you have anything in mind when, from, from that poem? Yeah, I well, I, I think I want to comment on you, what you just were talking about with growth through poetry and personal understanding. I think art is the way that we express the things we can't say or that we don't know how to confront. They, they find their way out. There's two ways. We go to sleep and we go into a REM cycle and we have a dream. If you remember that dream, often you'll realize that there's things coming up that are uncomfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think making art is the way you do that in the conscious waking world. You you just finds a way out of you because you need to confront it. There's It needs to get woken up. That truth needs to be spoken and it needs to be heard by you. And poetry is a great way to do that because you have to think abstractly to put poetry together. And in order to confront things easier, being creative and being abstract is a beautiful tool to put them on the table because you can get to them without directly confronting them because they'll be pulled in without maybe even recognizing that they are the thing being pulled in. It's like you're you're mm. speaking through metaphors, you're speaking through tongues, through poetry. Yep. And that's a very amazing tool to use. And I mean, any kind of art, but it's after you make the art or the poetry, there's the moment after when you have a great opportunity to view it, to look at it deeply and to consider what you've, expressed and think back on why you expressed it because if you don't take that second step you'll still gain benefit from the creation of the piece i would say but you won't get the same depth out of it and the understanding and growth if you don't take some time to look back at it as well so i just wanted to point out that like you you've hit on the super pivotal point but i also think that there's yeah there's like so much encapsulated in that there's so much knowledge and understanding you could gain from analyzing your art as well and i I just think that everybody should do it it's it's really cool absolutely the way i like to look at it is at least for poetry music too um specifically like lyrics and music uh, but also music in itself is this beautiful thing art is this medium in which it gets us to the parts of our lives that are beyond the conscious mind like or beyond words just sticking with poetry you start to like layer words on top of each other and metaphors and sometimes it makes sense sometimes it doesn't it just flows out of you and then you have to look back at it and be like okay what did i even express what does this even mean and over time you can read a poem that you've written and it can mean a lot of different things you know each time you read it it can mean something new to you you can pull different parts out of it even from something you've wrote yourself And I think that's because poetry 
gets us as close as we can get using language to the to all the places beyond words to the, like the realm of the unspoken moments of life to the inexplainable because to even explain the concept of tasting a certain food or hanging out with a friend or someone that you love and what that feels like there's no words to describe that it, you could write pages upon pages a novel about it and in fact there have been many many novels and many songs and all of these things written about the concepts of love for example but mm -hmm they all still do it a disservice. That's why we have to keep creating things about it because nothing ever actually gets close enough to approach what it's actually like. You can't, the words don't go there. But poetry, I think, is this beautiful medium that gets us very close. It gets us closer than just speaking language, like in the way we're communicating right now because it allows us to pull on metaphors and imagery and layer them together. Yes, and can I mix those two points you just said together? Modern language, imagery, music poetry coming together i just want to i want to read the first two paragraphs of this rap song by corday called this is it called have mercy oh sweet lord please have mercy baby jesus please save us i know i used up my three favors back to sin in like a week later new car speed racer crop a crib need acres most of all we all need prayer karma coming beware i don't know where i'm going but i hope i'm on the right path Life will hit you with a light jab. Mike Tyson, strike back. You going out, slight sad. No, I'm all about my bag. New drip. I grab. I just want to get my life back. Oof. <laughs> he delivered love much it. better than I did. Yeah, like, this one, yeah but you did you did float so well. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's I, always I, interesting to hear yeah. spoken <laughs> normally. I know. It's kind of fun, though. It, it almost is like a remix in a way. It's it's you like somebody plays acoustic piano to some like heavy metal song and it's like whoa i never thought of this, could be this. <laughs> yes no, um i love this and i do love in general like deep hip-hop and rap when there's a lot of thought and put into the lyrics and there's a lot of depth and in this is like a beautiful encapsulation of i finally made it i got money i've got resources I, I feel the need. I need more. I feel the greed. I feel all of it. I know what I want. And like, I'm out here getting it and life is feeling good. But at the same time, like I realize that it's all nonsense and karma's coming for me if I pull it too far in one direction and that there's all this going on on the other side. But then it's like, these are the human elements, like the Mike Tyson strike back, you know, life punches you, you like, you hit it right back in the face. Um, you want something else and then you get humbled again and then all of it repeats in this cycle and throughout this song he's just talking about these moments going through all of it and it's beautiful the way that he's talking about things and it's like quite explicit and perverse in some parts as well but I also think that's kind of the beauty of the culture of rap is that the expression isn't censored it is sure. the raw felt human emotions it's something you would say only to the therapist maybe for most people but a lot of artists are just spitting it in their songs and i think that's great yeah yeah it's super raw and i think it's also super culturally of the time like the the words that they're using i think can relate for a lot of people that's mm -hmm. what i get like just the certain language that they're using um and making references to like 
modern figures like Mike Tyson and so forth. I love how people like rappers particularly like call people out <laughs> in music. <laughs> they're not afraid. Um, and, and, and so like to pull on certain things when it makes sense for what they're trying to convey emotionally, like they're choosing what makes sense authentically to them. Um, and what's going to, you know, most authentically represent what they're feeling in that moment. And so that's why I think it creates that feeling of that raw, that rawness. Thank you for sharing. Did you yeah. have, did you say you had another one that you wanted to share that are along those I lines? More, or Yeah. More what? Sorry. That were just along those lines that fit the. Oh yeah. I have, I have something imagery. that's just a little bit more abstract in maybe too hard for most people to parse. This isn't like in the depths of how abstract rap goes and how lead speak it gets, I guess you could say. Like there's there's mm -hmm. so much slang in such a deep level that most people wouldn't understand what most songs are about. But this is kind of it's some in between. Um so I'm just gonna read this this part. Young gonna wanna back, calling me splurge, watch me jump right off the curb, Bentley spur, fly like a bird, spin on the first and the third. Solid, I'm keeping my word. Can't be my equal. I don't know what you heard. Crank up the foreign. I swerve. Keep me a stick if they purge. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Very rhymey. Yeah, but what did you just me. hear, right? <laughs> I I I I'm seeing like some type of like action movie right now, um, in my mind, just like <laughs> like like it's young thug like <laughs> like guns blazing like. Almost, but not not quite. It's just I don't know. The very like a determinedness, um, a little bit of savage. Uh, yeah, like, there's like a yeah a call out and a and a, and a a way of describing momentum and movement and things that are happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very. I I wanted to bring this up because I had a good friend in in Tokyo that I met in 2011, and he was really into Little John. And he didn't think that I would understand any little John lyrics. One day we got in this this talk about it and he was like, There's no way. It's way too in depth for you. And there's too much there's there's too many references. There's too much slang. Like you you won't get it. He's he's too much of an artist for most people to ever understand. And I So we took on this challenge and like I read through some of his songs and I, I parsed them into American white boy English for him to see if I, if I lived up to the standards of what he, he thought the song was about. And I mean, I, he said that I pretty much understood it, but he thinks that there was like more cultural understanding probably from my upbringing. And I mean, I grew up with rap and my cousins like lived in Mississippi and they were always in, mm. in circles of hip hop and rap. And maybe that was part of the reason. I don't know, but there was just, it's been part of like who I am as well. I just love all kinds of music. I've had lots of different kinds of friends, but I don't think that I have anything special necessarily about it, about lyrics being understood, but they give you something unique, regardless of if you understand them or not, which is that the, some of the words are used in a way they shouldn't be used. And there's like extra things put in that, that don't fit in, in places that express an idea in a unique way. Some, you could describe it as edgy in some, some ways, but you could also describe it as like raw or broken or maybe i don't know like uh misleading there's there's so many ways i think you could describe moments within lyrics and poetry and i think it's important 
that those elements are there because they they are the thing questioning language. They're the reason why old English isn't old English anymore, I think. <laughs> mm, yeah. I think that's it's that's it's so interesting to me because I I've listened to some rap, but it's always been something that's all I've also felt a little bit regressed from because of that slang barrier like you're talking about. And it's probably just because like the culture that I grew up in, the people I hung around, they didn't listen to a lot of like really heavy hip hop or rap. And so I wasn't exposed to it at early age and I didn't like sit within it. So it's really interesting for you to recount the process of when we're like reflecting on your own past, but being able to like lean into these very slang heavy and largely misunderstood or un, you know, generally speaking, because they're, they are kind of capped off from the general person's, um, experiences but i think that's great too because they're not trying to be what everybody can understand right it's like it's trying to be what it is it's not trying to be anything other than what it is it's Mm -hmm. being authentic to itself it is the expression the way it should yeah and i think that's why it's uncensored it's like you don't find common artists pop artists mainstream artists they're not uncensored i would mm-hmm. say i don't think there are any top chart artists that are really uncensored they're all trying to please or they have a ghostwriter <laughs> for the most part <laughs> yeah i mean that's exactly. my experience working in the music industry in the past at least had no idea we'll have to talk about that another day <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thank you thank yeah. you for sharing um mm-hmm. that, that's a great way to do it uh like just to showcase like the authentic nature of poetry and what it can do for people um and as a reminder like for people that want to write poetry don't try to write for anybody other than yourself let things flow out don't judge things see be surprised that you wrote something at a certain level i think that mm-hmm. can be really great uh for people one person that really motivated me to do such a thing is um a pretty modern poet she's a bit older now she's 58 um her name is CR um, Comrade, CA Conrad, sorry. Um, and she has just, the, just the way she writes poetry has been very intriguing to me and I think mirrors a lot of what I like about poetry. Um, so she does this very interesting technique called Soma Somatics, basically somatic soma, Somatics, but she writes poetry in nature through a meditative experience so she'll Mm. like put speakers around her and like play the sounds of animal species that don't exist anymore and stuff like this (laughs) and then and then she like and then and then the the tracks will play and she starts to like tune into the frequencies of like the earth in, in, in to a certain degree and she believes in writing poetry when you're in this state. And I think her poetry really does showcase what you can do when you really tap into those very authentic, natural experiences through deep meditation, through like really like uh, like forest bathing or whatever you want to call it, like nature bathing, getting surrounded in the, the sounds of nature, um, the breeze, whatever it might be. I write some of my best poetry while in nature. So I wanted to showcase her because she's been an, a good inspiration, but she's also like super authentic. She's not afraid to like speak her mind. Whatever her body 
is holding the charge that's within it, and she just lets it come out. And I think you can really tell. I them. love this. So, can you give so us I'm the context of where of where where they are if you have them? I don't know if you have that. What do you mean? Like, where was she, and what was she doing when she wrote the poem? Oh, I don't know. I wish I did. Okay. I, she doesn't show all of that. Um, so I'm going to read. We vanish into one another as needed. In the middle of surgery, the doctor asks if we want to make use of the open chest, feed love notes and lucky numbers to the bird under the ribcage, ask it how to stop blaming violets for adapting beneath mower blades. It is a choice to not be offended when your lover says there is no extra room in his survivalist bunker. Shocked by spaces between molecules, we thought were holding us together, old ghost moving into the new apartment. My name is Amanda Paradise, an intestinal expatriate, the kind of bitch who yells, humans are the invasive species, every time they point at a pretty flower and say it is not being pretty in the right place. <laughs> I love that last line. Right? <laughs> like, 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 she owns herself. She owns what she's feeling viscerally. You can tell. Can I, can I, yeah, can I say that metaphor, metaphorically? It really spoke to me, that last line. The people pointing to the flower and saying that it's pretty in the wrong place. Yeah. There's so many people out in the world right now criticizing other people and judging other people and telling them that they're not correct. They're the wrong kind of human. There's something wrong with their humanity. They don't understand anything about why they're wrong and what's going on with it. And it just frustrates me to no end that people can't look internally first, find peace, and then have a conversation and find understanding with another human. Instead, they have to try to fix the other human or tell them what's wrong with them. I think if you're trying to fix other people and you're trying to tell them what's wrong with them, there's something deeply wrong with you first, I would imagine. I don't know for sure, but I would think there's something you need to resolve within yourself if you're just externally putting it out so much. And most of it is happening digitally, but that line yeah. really spoke that truth to me and i've experienced that with people in my life that have like suddenly out of nowhere had something like that come up and it was like where where why and where is this coming from but also like there's the communication is usually not there on a personal level it's like somebody says something just randomly offhand openly on like twitter or something i think i feel like that's why twitter is the grounds for this is because like people can just spit whatever they want about anything about any person without having a conversation with that person and understanding what they're saying has any value or or truth to it so that was a cool line i love that yes thank you for sharing i feel like we could go so we could talk an hour just about this concept <laughs> but yeah. just to regurgitate i think the most important parts it's not easy to hear that especially if you are someone if you're pretty on up really honest with yourself like if you feel yourself getting tight listening to someone say like people call people out without fully understanding the other person's circumstances and like if you are honest with yourself and you are that person it's not always easy to like accept it but i will say poetry helps <laughs> it really helps <laughs> <laughs> i think reading poetry <laughs> reading poetry and writing poetry is going to help you work through that I guarantee yeah. if you do it the right way, if you allow yourself to flow freely. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to read a few more from her. I'll just kind of rapify her because I just really love the way she writes poetry. And rapify rap her. Rapify yes. her. I love it. Go for <laughs> it. Rapify her. It takes bodies to make this world. There are no dreams without us standing in the middle of what we imagine. For 90 days on the phone, he tells me it hurts to not hold me, 
necessity of love and poetry incontrovertible. I find some in the moth's flight. There is a little in the moon, more than a little in my man. A flower recently gave me enough room to accommodate my old friend's chaos and death. 18-day conversation through a magnifying glass, a tulip to challenge any artist, an edifying short-lived fellowship, symmetry, harmony, rethink, recode, engine, flow. Yes, wait, pause. We got to talk about this for a second. We can't just go okay. past that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd figure you wouldn't. 18-day <laughs> conversation through a magnifying glass. That blew my mind. <laughs> I was so much the hyper-focus of like somebody said something to you and then you think about it for two months or something. Like, yes. It's in, it's in the magnifying glass. You can't look away. Like there's no room to look outside of the magnifying glass because it's so present. I love that she just like threw it in there. And then she goes on further to talk about the conversation and like the importance of things and stuff going on with whatever. Yeah. I just, what a perfect encapsulation of the human experience, I think. She's brilliant at this. Um, all right. Let's see. I love sitting on a bench suddenly when problems in a poem are clear. I look up three hours later, my favorite hours on this planet, but dare to look back and the game starts over. <laughs> poor, tor poor tortured soul trying to write poetry. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, there's, there's, she writes very long poems, very short poems. All of them, I think, come from the present moment like there's they're all intricately i think put together in a certain direction but at certain moments it's like she's having one thought about something and then it's onto a completely different concept entirely and she's not afraid to just throw in new subject lines um that mm -hmm. don't connect in any direction but they all connect somehow some way like that's what came to her viscerally in the moment and i think what's ever between those words a lot is like a really powerful thing and then of course like her vivid imagery but as you can tell she's not afraid to say what comes to her mind she just lets it flow she's not afraid yeah. to speak her truth which is just really really empowering in my opinion so i wanted to showcase that form of poetry for everybody um mm -hmm. which i think is like where i think a lot of modern poetry like sits like i think on one end you have this and that's a lot more akin to slam poetry so a lot of poetry people nowadays will go to like events and speak really vulnerable truths and reflections um in the form of just uh spoken poetry and a lot of times they're like competitions and stuff like that which is pretty cool so there's a lot of that i think this is more akin to that and then there's also like the very just pointed um like milk and honey and those types of just like I would say more mass adopted forms of poetry where Milk it's around, never, around never love and um, just vulnerability, dealing with loss. Mm -hmm. And I think all of those are really beautiful as well, but they're just very different. Um, but I, I just love how it's all, it's all ballooming in like so many different directions. And it feels like more than ever, poetry is this form of self-expression and everything's on the table. Anybody can write anything and on that flip on the re the resulting side of that is people being able to feel connected to be able to understand their lived experience you you have had moments where you have obviously thought about conversations and they've lingered in your mind for really long times you're thankful that she wrote that because it 
validates your experiences as a human, like you feel connected at a certain level. And mm -hmm. that's why I love reading poetry. That's why I love going to slam poetry events. That's why I love writing poetry myself because it all ends in this beautiful connection with others, more authentic connection. So I think I'm going to get off my pedestal or my soapbox um, <laughs> for the day. But if you're interested it. in writing poetry, I highly recommend it. And if you want any more like formal guidance, semi-formal, also very entertaining, like I said at the beginning, go watch this great YouTube video that I spent lots of hours making. I'm not going to tell you how long, <laughs> but um, yeah, that would mean a lot to me. And again, thanks for like listening to me read some poetry. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up the conversation today? Yeah. Can I leave us with something? Yes. Drop it. Okay. Well, uh, this is a, one of another song, but one of my favorites. And I think this touches deep onto the moments of life, the truth of it, that if you're not honest with yourself and if you're not letting the truth set you free, it will tear you apart. But also there's like a barrier or there's a, an unreal element of feeling like you can't express these things. I think that's also a shared human feeling, at least in, in my experience. There's like so much cultural pressure that you can't express yourself. You can't be honest with yourself because there's too much pressure. But then if you don't, you're also living this other dichotomy. So I think these four paragraphs, very brief, um, encapsulated. This is a song by Bring Me the Horizon called Sleepwalking. My secrets are burning a hole through my heart and my bones catch a fever. When it cuts you this deep, it's hard to find a way to breathe. Your eyes are swallowing me. Mirrors start to whisper. Shadows start to sing. My skin smothering me. Help me find a way to breathe. Time stood still in the way it did before. It's like I'm sleepwalking. Fell into another hole again. It's like I'm sleepwalking. I'm at the edge of the world. Where do I go from here? Do I disappear? Edge of the world. Should I sink or swim or simply disappear? And I think that's like using poetry to write about why writing poetry is important. <laughs> get yourself get if you're in if you're in such a hole maybe find a way to express the truth some way i think that, mm. that's a hard truth to deal with and i think it's important we kind of touched on it many times here but i just wanted to end with that give somebody the courage to to get into it mm, absolutely thank you i'm gonna leave one more line because i think it resonates yeah. You can have a life beyond your wildest dreams. All you have to do is change everything. I think leaning into your truths is the first step to doing something like that. So, and change, anyway. change the, just change, just change in general. Embrace the change. We both yes. love change. And it's, <laughs> the best it's the best thing it's the best tool uh, life would be so boring without it <laughs> yeah but people hate it <laughs> we it love can it. be uncomfortable it can be uncomfortable <laughs> but it's so poetic all right <laughs> i think i think we can end it there um thanks everybody for listening <laughs>